I want to read, this is the offering, but I just, uh, just encouraging to look at people, see people's faces. Um, if you were in the second service today, um, and you heard Pastor Schaller introduce Pastor Tero, you see what our ministry is about, that we have a fullness in ourselves and that we can actually go into the highways and the byways, the uttermost parts of the world, we have a portion for other people. It's just great to discover the fullness that's in God. And I was so, uh, like, reduced to, to see that. And then we saw the Finnish people stand up. And it's because of, it's because of missions. I was sitting next to Pastor Stefan Stein. I was thinking, wow, without missions, I never, you know, outreach missions. I never would have found him. And the guy sitting in front of me was Tyrone, who we met out in outreach, who lives in Virginia now, in Danville, Virginia. And he came up with his wife and his niece came to church with him. You know, like this is, it's all about outreach. Uh, there was a guy um in the uh, men's retreat last weekend, and his sister lives, I don't know this story exactly, but he lives in Elgin, but his sister lives in Arizona. And she's starting like a, a, a church. And it's an online church, and she's connected to some other church, but she's just had this, uh, this, uh, this way of just inviting everyone to church that she sees. And, and it, it's all, it's in just in a few months, it grew to 66 people. And this is, this can happen. We actually do meet that many people. And we can ask, you know, we can be conscious of, of other people having the ability to have this life. Um, we had seven or eight new visitors today, uh, in this, in the, uh, in the second service today. So think about that. Think about inviting, sitting next to somebody in church, bringing, bringing somebody to church. Um, uh, this is the offering. I just wanted to, uh, uh, there was another person, he's in church here, and I asked someone, how, how is he doing? You know, how does he go through what he goes through? And this person told me, He's always reading his Bible. He's always reading his Bible. Um, maybe I can say something about that. I just because I've been thinking about it the last couple of days since Thursday. Um, do you know we need doctrine in our life? We need God's mind. Continue. It, it, my wife and I were saying as we came down here to church tonight. Hey, we have one more service where we're free we're free to worship we're driving down 95 and we say we're free to go to church what's it going to be like in a in one year we don't know but we know we have the kingdom of god right um so um the doctrine to hear the word of god to to have connections in our soul with something you know we hear a little there a little we hear a little bit in church. We hear a little bit uh, in, in Bible college. We read a little bit. We uh, talk to somebody a little bit. 
And these are the things that, uh, that, that is how doctrine is actually built up in our soul. It's continually gathering like an ant, you know, and all of a sudden you have a storehouse. And this is, this is how we, we gather and we're, we're taught by the Holy Spirit continually and things, and we all learn different ways. We all learn different ways, but there is the Holy Spirit that uh, just gives us an engrafted word in our soul. So um, I just want to read this before I take the offering and thinking about uh, God's economy, uh, radical life, because we do live by faith. We're not of this world. There is the kingdom of God, and uh, it's not the kingdom of God is not an attachment to our natural life, but the kingdom of God is the foundation of our entire life. I mean, this is a big shift when that happens in our life, and it can happen in our life. Um, uh, so let's read this. This is in the, uh, the Amplified. Um, it's Matthew 6.23. But first and most importantly... Okay, it's got my ears, right? What's going to happen? First and most importantly, seek, aim to strive at, to strive after his kingdom and his righteousness, which means his way of doing and his way of being right. Aim at his way of doing, aim at his justice, Aim at his laws. Aim at the way he governs, the way he does things, and aim at what is right. Aim what is that right? Aim what's that right? So I have forgiveness, what we learned last week. I have forgiveness. I have mercy. I have words that I didn't used to have. I have a peace in my heart. You know, I have joy in my heart because I, 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 uh, I have another kingdom in my life. This, this world system, you know, we, we don't love this world, this world system. If we love the world, the love of the Father is not in us. But we have the love of the Father and we don't love this world. We love this kingdom. And it says this. And uh, have that attitude and the character which is of God. And it says, in all of these things. Okay. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. In all of these things. In all of these things. It's not like, hey, let me first and go home and... uh you know, and uh, take care of my father's business. Like, seek first the kingdom of God. You know, I have to go home, you know, and bury the dead. So seek first the kingdom of God. I've got to go back home and mend some nets. You know, I've got to go back home, and there's something I have to secure. No, it says, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be given unto you also. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. In other words, 
God is in tomorrow. Think with him right now. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So today, today we're able to give joyfully to God. We're able to seek first the kingdom of God. We're able to make that, that shift in the paradigm of the way we actually, we, way we think, the way we operate. And we can seek first Him and His righteousness and watch all of these things be added unto us. Right? So Father, we just thank you tonight that we can, um, enter into this amazing privilege to joyfully give to you because we know this is the way the way you work. This is the way you add in our lives. This is the way we discover you. This is the way we find you. So, Father, bless this offering. Bless our attitudes as we give uh, this evening, Lord. We thank you that we can gather tonight in freedom. What a, what a, what a privilege, what a blessing, what a, maybe a rare opportunity. We thank you for this in Christ's name. Amen. All right, let's turn to, are we ready? Yeah, are you all humble? You're all humble now? (laughs) All right, let's do it again. Do it again, everything. Okay, Uh, I think I'm going to, I'm just enjoying being with you all here tonight, and the Lord is good to us, and I was really blessed today at the 11 o'clock service particularly. By the way, Jesse Fires and Kaylee, they're married, and they, they, uh, I'm happy for them, and folks are driving back, and Flying back, they did uh, had a beautiful wedding yesterday, and we're thankful for them very much. Uh, one of Jesse's, I heard that one of Jesse's old friends who got saved the same day or the same time as he, he did was at the wedding, and he recognized what had happened in Jesse's life by wholly following the Lord. In Joshua twenty four fifteen, as for me and my house, we have whole, we wholly follow the Lord, and that was that's a beautiful uh, word. And we're all at different places, but isn't it great that God is the God of all grace, and every one of us have a place before Him? Um, read this verse, Luke. Uh, chapter 12, <clears throat> verse uh, 16. He spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. So he was already rich. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. I'll pull down my barns. Build greater, there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, is that how you talk to yourself in the morning? In the mirror, soul, I'm talking to you, okay? 
you have much goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall these things be which thou hast provided? So is he that lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. First point here is simple picture here of uh, you and I. And we are horizontally related to people and we relate to people like this very easily. But then the question is, is this relationship with God? Do I have it? Do we live before God? We said this morning in a marriage, I've heard about this, I've heard about it 50 50. 50 50. You serve, I do this, you do this, and you do your part, I do my part. And of course, in a measure, it's true. But then, in another sense, you live before God. And what does God say? And that was a good message this morning about John 8. What do you say? They asked Jesus. So uh, this man, what, nothing in the story does he talk about God, this rich man. Nothing in the story is about God. It's about him. Soul, you know, you are rich. Take your ease, you know. Soul or my barns or my fruitfulness or my there's no there's no God in the picture in that in that story that I can see. And so we're talking about humility. And this is where we become a follower of Jesus. And this is the first thing that we learn is that we want God but not the God that we make up in our imagination. We shared that this morning. You can have a materialistic God over here, and this man has a God that's in his image. And he says to him, you're doing very well. Build bigger barns. Doing very well. His God can talk to him like that. And a self-righteous man can have a God in his imagination. He's saying, you know, you're doing very well. You're a very good man. You're a very good man. So, so this, is, this is a lesson on, on humility. And I want you to turn to, did you get, did you, I think we made, made all our points here in this parable do do we need to reread it i i don't i don't i think i am yeah because the ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully he thought within himself what shall i do do you know what you should do you should go to god what should i do i should go to god and ask and just give it to God. I should give all of it to God in my heart. All of it. All of everything I have I should give to God. 
not 10%, everything I have, all of my heart, all of my life, all of it. Why? Because the, the real God is so incredibly, incredibly awesome that we are his creation and to relate to him is our privilege. But I want to show you something about pride in a minute because pride doesn't think like this. Pride pride has this self, and that's really the problem with this this man who Jesus says is a fool, is that he he gets influenced by his success. And what happens is you look at the poor people over here and you just say, I am greater than they are. I am richer than they are. I have more than they have. And that triggers something in our minds and in our soul. And it, it pleases us. It pleases us that we are better. That somehow we are better. There, there are major patterns of thought and covetousness is one of them. Rich men, there's a great story about three robber barons in our history. They were J.P. Morgan, there was Rockefeller, and then the Scottish guy, right? What was his name? Carnegie. Three of the richest men in the United States. And they were bitter enemies because they were, they were fighting over who could be the richest in their minds, being better than the other one. But they built America, the steel, the plate steel, the coal, Pittsburgh, um, the coal, the steel, uh, the buildings, the cutting-edge technology, and building the country. They did. But uh, behind it, and by the way, they also had conversions. They accepted Christ. Rockefeller, I think, he was 52 years old when his life changed, and he just started to give away his money. And I think Carnegie had a salvation, too. You can check it out. My point isn't them as much as how we are proud and how pride works. A good-looking person isn't satisfied just being good-looking. They want to be better-looking than someone else. A rich man, it isn't only that I'm a rich man, but that I am richer than you. It's not that you are a leader, but you are, you are a better leader than other leaders. That idea. And the Bible is filled with it. So let's go to uh, Philippians 3, I'm sorry, 2, and read about Jesus. Chapter 2. <clears throat> I don't know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm praying for this message. Verse 3. <clears throat> Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, but you each esteem other better than themselves. No, let's draw the picture you live before God. This is the uh, uh, picture here. You live before God. This is 
where you want to live. And the Holy Spirit has made that possible for us. But we do have that, that, that tendency to uh, be blinded by pride. And we have this tendency to relate to life this way. You know, the horizontals, people and things, possessions and all that kind of thing. And what do you think of me? What do you think of me? What do I, who are you? And all of this kind of thing. But we have found that life is a very simple when there is, when there is God in us filling us with the Spirit. And we start to relate to God in very simple terms. And we become actually servants. And I feel in our church, I just see it everywhere. There are so many people that live before God. Why do you do what you do? I'm living before God. What does that mean? I don't understand you. I'm living before God. I'm doing it before God. Nobody is watching me. I'm not comparing myself. I'm just having the joy of living in faith. And I'm doing this before God. God knows. There's a verse in Ephesians 5.32 when it talks about, I'm sorry, 4.32, when it talks about forgiveness. It says, we forgive for Jesus' sake. For Jesus' sake. Why do you forgive? It's only because of Jesus Christ we forgive for Jesus' sake. Why do you do what you do? It's for Jesus' sake. This is beautiful. It's it's simple. And it's very real. Because when you are, and there's another one, Psalm 16, 8, I have set the Lord always before my face. And David had a very tough time with his family. Horrible time with David, David and his family. But he said, I have set the Lord before my face, not my family. I have murder in my family. I have my son taking over. He's hanging from a tree. He was killed. I told Joab that should not happen. It happened. Um, there was a, um, there was rape. There was a division in my family. I'm brokenhearted. But he said, I've always set the Lord before my face. And this is my, my comfort. So, um, in Philippians 2, we read that we with lowliness of mind that has to be without comparison and without competition. I think um, this is quote by C.S. Lewis, I don't know if you can read it, right in the middle, I'll read it to you. He writes a chapter on humility in mere Christianity, which is where I've read it a few times and thinking about it and I find it very interesting. He said, The point is that each person's pride is in competition 
with everyone else's pride. Well, that's quite a thought, isn't it? At a party, at a party, there's a loud person. Verse, the next sentence. is because I wanted to be the big noise at the party that I'm so annoyed as someone else being the big noise. Does that sound... You might say, no, that, that doesn't fit me. It does fit somebody. <laughs> it's, it's not that, it's not that I, I have a new car, but, but somebody else got a new car that's better than my new car. Competition. Pride in the hearts of people who don't have this relationship with God, where you can actually say, I esteem others better. Philippians 2, verse um, 3, But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Do you actually think like that? that you you aren't really thinking of yourself so much, but appreciate the person in front of you, that you actually love them and care about them, that you actually have honor, respect them. Isn't that amazing? This is where your life gets richer. Our lives get richer through humility. And it opens our eyes, by the way, we start to see life better. Because humility does that. Because it says, he gives grace to the humble, but resists the proud. In First Timothy 3, it says, pride is blinding. Pride is blinding people. So we have the book of Obadiah 1.3. The pride of your heart has deceived you. Now we have a war going on in the Middle East, and we have a whole question in my mind about pride. How does this work? How do governments, countries, how do we relate to each other? And you know, can you can we esteem others? Can we understand others? Or is a tyrant, a, a leader, a, a government leader, proud? And how is his pride translated? We have many examples. Um, uh, there's this famous one is Daniel 4, Nebuchadnezzar. And the Lord did a great thing with him. What did he do? He said, you will eat grass. And he doesn't mean marijuana. <laughs> you, are, you are big, powerful, mighty, leader of the known world in a sense, the number one guy, and it goes to your head, and that's who you are. And, and this relates to how pride affects my lust patterns. I think of it this way. 
Um, let's see this one. Here is my um, my heart, and here is my lust, my my soul. So we have in Bible psychology, we have the heart, and in my heart, I have the pride. The pride cannot control the lust patterns, but actually feeds the lust patterns of my soul. My pride feeds the lust in my soul. So a man has, there, there could be three, three of them, three, would, we can use money. What did the man say in the par- What did Jesus say about the man in the parable? Uh, soul, you're rich. You're getting richer. Build bigger barns. He couldn't control it. Because he didn't have God. If you have God, you have another kind of life. Because now you're able to say uh, in your heart, this is about you, God. This is about you. I trust you with all my heart. This is Proverbs 3, 5, you know. Trust in him with all your heart. Proud people don't. They don't know. They don't relate to that. So they have a lust path. It's covetousness. They can't control it. They don't understand it. They don't see it. They are deceived. The pride of their heart has deceived them. Another one is sex. And this is Second Samuel 13. This man got infatuated with his stepsister. And that chapter, I recommend you read that chapter many times and think about it and meditate on it. Like this is how I read the Bible and I want you to do it too. You learn it. You read it many times. Like through years, you read it at different times. I'm going to read that chapter again. And you process it in your heart. Why he just had an infatuation for this girl, this sister of his, half-sister, and he just, with an evil man giving him counsel, and said, you can have her. Just pretend to be sick, have her make some food in your presence, and and she will, and you can take her. And that's what he did. Um, My point is, if he was humble... If he was humble, it would have way back here in the process wouldn't have happened. He wouldn't have been with a woman alone if he was humble. If he was humble way back here, that thing would have been cut off. And he would have been before God. God would have delivered him. God would have changed his life and that whole thing would have been different. Same with Nebuchadnezzar. He eats grass and comes back to sanity. It might be, it says seven, it was seven units of time. We don't know the unit actually from what I understand in reading. It might have been seven years. He's out in the forest eating grass. God is humbling him, bringing the proud down. Now watch. Um, there are lust patterns in this... Um, Obadiah book, it says this. Pride led them into evil ways. The inflated view of self 
affects all aspects of my moral life, covetousness, entertainment, and social life. Now, let's finish up here, if you follow this with me. Um, Daniel 5. And we have a hard time for me to find Daniel here. Five, okay. Party time. This is Daniel 5, Belshazzar, verse 1. The king great made a great feast to a thousand of his lords and drank wine before the thousand. Do you know what probably happened in that house, in that party with a thousand people? What do you think happened in terms of pride and humility? Pride and humility. What was going on in the mind and the heart? It was pride. It was show-off time. It was show-off time. He couldn't control this. So if you want to up the party, do you know what you do? You go to the, the Jewish, the storage place where all the, the sacred vessels came out of Jerusalem in the storage warehouse and bring those things into the party. And we will, we will drink to the gods of stone and wood and the gods. We'll drink to the gods using the Jewish uh, furniture. The Jewish uh, articles of of the the utensils, verse uh, two, Belshazzar, while he tasted the wine, commanded to bring the golden and silver vessels which his father Nebuchadnezzar had taken out of the temple, which was in Jerusalem, that the king and his princes, his wives and his concubines might drink therein. Why did they do that? Arrogance, pride. Proud people got to have a better party. Got to impress our visitors. We have a thousand of them. We we can mock the God of the Jews. We can make fun of them. Where where's that coming from? That's pride. That's the way it goes. I mean, I think it's obvious. Have you been in those groups of people? where the place is dripping with pride? Have you, have you had friends, family members maybe, people without judging but understanding them, and you love them because you live before God? Look at um, uh, this one. You live before God. And when Jesus came, you showed us. Beware of covetousness, he said. In Luke twelve fifteen, I think. He he taught us what humility will do. He showed us what humility will do in life. He showed us how simple it is, how relaxed you can be in the presence of people. There's something about, about the soul of man and how he's always comparing and always competitive and he's always, you know, got to do one better or he, he cannot be satisfied. He's always restless because he's not humble. 
He's not, he's not giving it to God. Okay, I will not do a very good job, but I'm doing the best before God. And I will do what I do, and I will go to sleep at night believing that what I did, I did with a pure heart before God. What more could I do? I am satisfied with that. But the, the pride of man cannot rest. He struggles. He cannot. He cannot do it. And the tyrants of the world, and through history, the tyrants are driven by pride. And it ruins them. It ruins the nation. It ruins the country. It ruins people's lives. Pride tears our societies apart. Pride is, the, is a, a plague of the human heart. Pride, yes, and Jesus said, thou fool, how you live is you have missed the whole thing. Oh, where will your money go? And he said it in the parable or in the story. He said, where will your, your money will go to who after you are gone? Where does it go to? Right? So, so that's, that's it, I guess. So, uh, I would say, if I can be in a community where there is humility, then our relationships can last and last and last because the the brothers and sisters in that community, they live before God. This one here. They can live before God. And when I hurt them, they will forgive me. And they will say, I want my I want the relationship with you. I want I want I want people to I forgive you. you I you live before God, you forgive me. We have encouragement and love and the grace of God. It says that in the scripture. He gives greater grace to the humble. And you know, it, because of humility, we always have a new beginning. We always have something. We always have because of, of God with us. And when Jesus was on the cross, he was there because of humility. And it was painful but he had the grace of God that kept him on the cross. His own decision kept him there. And then three days later, he was raised. And he is the real king of kings. He's the real king. And he is the minister. He is the savior. He is the one that serves us. Because he will always be the lamb on the throne. Always be humble. And he will always be that kind of our God is that kind. And boy, wow. It's a joy if we can live this way and know it. I think it will be, keep us from being deceived grossly. Let's see, where do we have it here? Um, this one, covetousness, is, is just when I have to have more. The Greek word, word is there. I have to uh, have more. I have to have more. Do you have to have more? Yes, I have to have more. Wait a minute. Are you humble? Be careful. 
do you have to have more? Like maybe, maybe you should put the brakes on and say the fact that I have this drive to have more is maybe an indicator of something in my heart. And I want to humble myself before God, bring it before God and find his will and his way because his way is not our way. And that's how we live. So that's humility. Humility. Wow. Okay. What do you think Nebuchadnezzar should have done when he said, I am the king, the great, I am the king of the greatest kingdom? What do you think he should have done? After being an animal for seven years, he, he said, it is God that is the king and is over all government, over everything. It is God. He, he got it. What do you think... Um, the, we did the man who took the woman. Um, another one was Pharaoh when, he, when the Jews were leaving. Another one was Tyre. I'm rambling. I don't, I'm not rambling. I, I just want to finish. That Tyre, as Ezekiel 28.5, it's about the devil. And that is your covetousness, your trafficking, and your merchandise has deceived you. It has deceived you. Your prosperity has deceived you. Wow. Amazing. Amen. So, amen. Let's pray right now. Lord, if we come to you in prayer, in humility, and believe that you will speak to us the truth and correct us, see if there may be any evil way in us, and we humble ourselves and hear you. If you said, sell everything you have, imagine that. So you said, sell everything you have. Could I do that? I don't think so. But could I do it? Yes, maybe I could. Am I available? I don't know. I, yes. And it's crazy that I could say to God, no. But if he said, yeah, if we are before him and trust him, if he said, give your son, your only son, like Abraham, he said to Abraham. What if he said to the disciples, follow me, and we could, with all our hearts, what a gift, what a blessing, and he will show us. We'll not be ashamed. We will be rich in our hearts. To seek first your kingdom, and all these other things will be held, dealt with by us. But when we become independent and do our thing, and maybe there are many, many people in this world that are doing their thing, and then one day, the lives end. And Jesus say, what do you actually have? 
No treasure in heaven. No treasure in heaven. You have nothing. You have nothing. Lord, help us to share these thoughts with others and refresh each other in our walk with you and trust you with our lives and teach it to our children and and our children's children and teach it to the kids and the neighbors and our friends. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. If you if you uh, don't have Jesus in your heart, then come to Jesus tonight and say to Christ, I trust you. Okay, amen.